0: He said, "I don't want to rely on buying things from far away ever again." You know, he he was talking about sanitizer, and you know he he'd pivoted to and making, the plastic bottles to put the sanitizer the plastic, in, yeah, and then exactly. the
1: labels that come from overseas.
0: Absolutely, yeah. and obviously, production costs in China. You can get if you if you're buying ten thousand things and you're saving a cent on each of them on plastic bottles, and you're saving a cent that adds up. But at the same time, in in saving that one cent you're also reducing capacity in your local area.
1: Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over twenty-five years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of Brews News and of Brews News Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me, as he always does, is Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. Good morning, Pete.
0: So I was just week, trying to, just trying to see if there was well, I was just trying to see if there was any tone, you know, as if as he always does.
1: No, there was no tone in that. It oh, was, no, no, it, no. was uh, it was uh, my objective truth, my objective reality, <laughs> your lived experience, my lived
0: experience. <laughs> There's no point asking. I guess most people who listen to this have probably caught up uh, with an episode or two of the antidote this week, so I won't sort of waste time asking how you are. We've pretty much uh, canvassed that. But I think we can
1: indulge ourselves and throw in a little bit of a teaser because when people are listening to this, they will have already listened to live our pre-recorded chat <laughs> with our guest for this afternoon, which is a belter.
0: Yeah, uh, look, it, it, we've just come off the back of that. Uh, 8 a.m. Australian time, East Coast time uh, it was 6 p.m. New York 6 time. 6 p.m. New
1: Jersey time.
0: So uh, yeah, just we,
1: had- we spoke. You know, we uh, we spoke to that guy. You know. I talked to that guy about that thing. <laughs> but and it how good was he? Wasn't it a great chat?
0: Oh, it wasn't a fifteen-minute chat became a fifteen-minute chat. But uh, you know, as, as I say, it was uh, gold.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and look, well worth well worth a listen. It was great to to chat with John about uh, talking to John Hole. For those who haven't uh, clicked yet, um, we be, had been saying in the previous episodes of the antidote that we'd uh, we'd love to get a broad view. Um, we've touch pretty much on what people are doing in the australian scene it was uh, something that we wanted to do was to sort of see well you know how's it affecting uh, people elsewhere so we reached out to our contacts fortunately one john hole happens to be in new york which i guess is it's probably the cultural epicenter of the of covid19 it's fair to say matt
0: yeah yeah so yeah very much
1: so we uh it was great to be able to touch on how it's affecting them um specifically, but also, you know, the then more generally the the breweries. Um and yeah, as I say, obviously a very wide ranging chat, which goes into a couple of areas that we just didn't think we were going to, but we hope it will bring you. Including entertainment. Elton John. And we also yeah, we also and Elton John and Pilsners. <laughs> <laughs> we got that from COVID-19 to Elton John is shit and um, you miss nothing and the, and Pilsners are great. Anyway, it was good. Um, Matt, shall we just pump straight into the news?
0: Matt, I think so. And just for, for those who are listening, just to, to recap, uh, a couple of weeks ago when everything uh, went to hell in a handbasket, we weren't sure how to handle it as we've progressed into a newish sort of normal. Um, the antidote is our... COVID-19 coverage, and so speaking to everybody about that, this is our regular Brews News Week, um, and we, we don't want to get too bogged down in COVID for, for this. It's probably talking outside of that and, and the news that's going on, and then we're also running our regular beers of conversations, because uh, we listened to you, uh, you wanted to see it, um, and yeah, a little bit of a dose of normality, um, so regular programming in amongst our um, COVID-19
1: yeah, we will keep it as COVID nineteen free as possible, except where you know. Obviously, we're going to chat about the main stories that are breaking and making news in the in the biz, and so some of those will cross over into the whole current uh, business situation. But um, we'll avoid it where possible. Exactly, and Matt, it's great to get back on our uh, one of our favourite hobby horses, aback. Uh, And the first news story, ABAC packaging complaints down in 2020. Packaging complaints were down in the first quarter, according to ABAC, after last year's record year. The alcohol Advertising Watchdog's first quarter report showed ABAC deliberated on 23 complaints with 13 breaches of standards, as defined by the panel. In its annual report, ABAC said that it believed that packaging complaints were going up due to the expansion of the craft beer sector and the distinctive and creative packaging that producers adopt certainly the what I should add is that I think brewers uh, as a as a group and and don't forget it was before this expanding at an exponential rate so there were far more and, and a lot more people too were putting their uh, we were, were going into the, the packaged route so it'd be interesting to see you know if you could work out numbers as a percentage of of the whole um, and that was for the first quarter of this year of 2020 first quarter it would be interesting yeah. to see with so many more breweries now who have never packaged before or who have put out a lot more um, in packaging, whether that affects the numbers, um, you know, this time next year.
0: Yeah, and look, I mean, it it was interesting to see that complaints were down because I think we've talked about in ABAC in the past that there have been people um, who have said the reason that there have been more complaints is because there's been more coverage. And, you know, given that Brews News is pretty much alone in covering ABAC complaints for some reason even though it seems to be very important industry news, that the IBA talks about packaging generally, but we actually go into the detail of the, the the complaints. Yeah, there there have been a few people that have suggested that maybe the increase in coverage has led to the increase in complaints, which we ask ourselves as, as journalists, you know, we don't want to be creating the news, um, we want to be reporting on it. And I, look, I just don't think, for the reasons I've said in the past, you know, the last two years, there was an increase in complaints, but that also co- coincides with a huge number of breweries entering the market for the first time, and also coincides with canning being, you know, seeing uh, the 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 fastest move into canning um, of of any period over the last you know ten years, and all of the artwork changes, the the aesthetics around um, packaging have changed drastically with the embrace of cans and you know i I actually think that our coverage you know look i I could be wrong here but um i I think that it's our coverage and the light that we've shown on the specifics of the decisions and also the reasons for judgment that it's given a broader awareness of the considerations that breweries need to go into for for canning and you know potentially led to, to to the decrease in packaging complaints
1: Yeah. And I think too that, uh, I don't know, this is just a theory that I have, but I I see popular culture bleeding more into the everyday, into the, like, it's almost not pop culture anymore. It's all, it's just part of the culture. Um, And certainly you look at the big houses in terms of, you know, your your Disney, your Marvel, um, those sorts of big brands. Um, Yes, they've got intellectual property to protect, but they're also trying to get those into, I guess, areas where there never was before. Does that yeah. make sense? And, oh, yeah. and so I, I think we kind of take pop culture more. It's not pop culture. It's just part of the lingo. It's, it's almost part of the vernacular. And so there is that fine line between wanting to pay homage to something that you really like and, you know, it's a it's become a meme um, or it's become a, a saying or, you know, something that sort of, as I say, in, in worked its way into the vernacular.
0: Yeah, it's spot on. Like that's the other overlay while we've got this new industry and new entrance and new design aesthetics, you know memes um you know when previous um bottle designs and things like that were taking place you know memes have become a thing now and the humor our, our humor style is geared around that as well and the, the there's a generation of beer drinkers who have a different approach to design and things so it's it, it's not any one thing but there is that that whole overlaying of social trends and unfortunately. It, it it does take place in an industry that, as I say ad nauseum, it, it's alcohol. There are special considerations around the advertising for alcohol. They are meeting in an unhappy match.
1: Yeah, and look the the, the creative work, um, the intellectual property that you know the the hard effort that's been put into those brands or those icons. I get they do want to protect those and we do need to respect that if we're going to rip something off or we're going to do something that's you know close enough uh, without infringing copyright, we need to just be aware that yeah, somebody else has, has has created that, and the fact that you love it so much is is because they've hit the right note, they've hit the right chord, if you like. So we just need to be aware when we're doing our packaging. Um, it's good to see that we're, I think, Matt, moving away from that whole thing of oh, they're just trying to stifle our creativity. Yeah, you know, well, no, we're now kind of thinking, well, we can think up something new. Let's actually innovate.
0: To to your point about pop culture and you know sort of uh, intellectual property. I mean, I still, I personally still think that that's the ticking time bomb yes ABAC um, has you know sort of stomped on some of that as it relates to potentially being attractive to children and that has put one pressure but we're still yet to see a you know intellectual property infringement you know I I, I don't think we've even seen any of the cease and desist orders in Australia or they certainly haven't come to my um, notice even though some have cut it fairly fine Um, you know I, I think that's still the ticking time bomb that you know could easily uh, blow up somebody um, if, if they keep doing it.
1: Without touching on COVID nineteen, but this whole situation has shown that uh, you know creativity and innovation can be taken in uh, to extremes, um, and things can be turned around quite quickly. We've we've learned that if you are of a certain size, you can actually be quite agile and nimble, and Turn in a different direction, he says, without trying to say the word pivot, and <laughs> uh, and, and maybe that will carry over into you know uh, hashtag when things go back to normal. Uh, that that maybe we we relook at some of the things that we've that we can do um, based on this this shared experience. Mm. Be interesting to see.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: But also, now, the IBA rallies industry as big retailers offer help. The Independent Brewers Association is rallying the industry after a series of wins, including support from the major retailers and the JobKeeper announcement this week, which, of course, as we go to air, is still to be ratified. So the JobKeeper is great in principle, but it doesn't actually exist as yet, we should just point out. The organisation told its members that the JobKeeper scheme could deliver up to $50 to independent brewers. However, the team reported that some brewers might not meet the 30% year-on-year reduction in revenue criteria due to the early stage or fast growth of the business. The IBA said that its advocacy project group is working with Parliament to amend the legislation. Excise relief also remains on the cards and the IBA urged brewers to email their MPs direct. Excise deferment is already an option and brewers can contact the Australian Tax Office emergency support info line and that number is 1800 806 218 to discuss their situation. So, good news that the iba is is on the front foot and um, and hitting goals and kicking sixes.
0: It's one of the reasons why we need uh, like an association that represents the interests of small breweries. So they can take the you know collective points are they' are a, a single point of contact for government that in when times like this occur, they can take the interests, you know the 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 requirements and the needs of a very specific industry. Um, to government and hopefully be heard. The the, the one aspect of that was the um, big retailers offering help, and we did talk about it last week to some extent. Um, and and I think that's the one thing that comes out of now. You know, on, on one hand, we're keeping our venues open, keeping local alive. We're championing all of those things. Um, and I kind of did touch on it last week that you know awesome campaigns, and it is so exciting to see um, consumers are rallying around all of the. You know, keeping local alive campaigns and going down and you know, buying beer and uh, from direct from breweries and and those sorts of things. But we can never forget that you know, part of the keeping local alive is supporting your local bottle shop as well. But a lot of the small local breweries that we love, uh, you know, have substantial sales through big multinational retailers that are almost the antithesis of that keeping local alive. As the approach that we've taken for years, Pete, all things being equal, support local. Um, Yep. You know, preference local, because actually I wrote it down. There was a great chat from, in in our antidote chat this week with uh, John Atherton.
1: Yep, from Brisbane Distillery.
0: Yep um he said i don't want to rely on buying things from far away ever again you know he he was talking about sanitizer and you know he he'd pivoted to making, and the plastic bottles to put the sanitizer the plastic, in yeah, and then exactly. the
1: labels that come from overseas yeah.
0: absolutely and obviously production costs in china you can get if you if you're buying 10,000 things and you're saving a cent on each of them on plastic bottles and you're saving a cent that adds up but at the same time in in saving that 1 cent you're also reducing capacity in your local area, you know, and, and, and that's capacity and security when hopefully these things don't happen often, but when it does happen, having the ability to do it and scale up very, very quickly. And, and that's one of the reasons why I, I love my local brewery and because I love having a small local brewery that's there and you know I, I, I spend you know 10, 20 dollars more a carton on, on their beer even when it's equally as good, because I love what they do. And But in saying that, you can never forget that, as I've said multiple times, I can't remember which shows I've said it on now, I haven't seen a single photo of uh, on social media of people saying, gee, you know, my local IGA is sold out of toilet paper. It's Coles and Woolies. And they're the ones that have got the ability to spin up very quickly. They've got very robust distribution networks. So you can't, whilst preferencing local and small Yeah, you know, let's not shit can the other people that we rely on from time to time as well
1: 100 percent. and so it's all part of a, a very rich and um complicated tapestry well because you know, we do get used to choice <laughs> you know, you're going go oh well i'll buy that one or that one or that one or that one or that one recently we've gone and we've gone okay i can have that one and that's not necessarily a bad thing it'll be interesting to see what you know what happens when we uh, when we do come out the other side so Milk containers replace growlers as Queensland brewers innovate. Now, Matt, this was an interesting one. Uh, and as I say, it's it's come up a little bit um, before. Queensland brewers have proven that necessity is the mother of invention in the wake of growler refill bans in your fair state of Queensland. The state's brewers are getting innovative following the ban on growler refills announced by the Office of Liquor and Gaming Regulation in Queensland last week. After a period of confusion, the liquor licensing regulators posted on Facebook that they would not be changing rules relating to the ban on growler refills from customers' own growlers or squealers. However, instead of accepting the rule and only allowing expensive new growlers to be sold, breweries including Brendale, Bacchus and White Lies went back to the drawing board, came up with a novel solution to the problem, which was bringing in new plastic containers, so brand newies usually used for milk, but they've been able to then sell growler-sized containers of beer without the price tag that comes with buying a new gra- glass growler every time you head to the brewery and obviously avoiding the um, the wash and rewash and sanitise issue. Hmm. Um, but as we discussed, Matt, it, it does put pressure, no pun intended, <laughs> nice. on, on the that. purchaser to, I think, to to just be aware that it, it's not the same. It's not pressure rated um, and it's also not as um what, what's the word i'm looking
0: for uh like you're going to lose carbonation you're going to lose carbonation very very quick yeah like it, it as um tim wills from premier stainless commented on the facebook uh page um the australian brews news business page um i think pet pet bottles are much better choice the milk container is not pressurated and will lose carbonation in a very short time many australian craft are already using the pet bottles and they're widely used in new zealand and yeah he he makes a very very good point i mean anyone who's you don't put their milk container in a shopping bag and carry it home. Knows that it leaks, um, and if it's leaking, it's going to be leaking gas as well. But you know, critical times call for critical uh, situations, and as I said in the podcast with John, there, there was a time when you would sort of go down with your billy um, and get it filled at the local pub. You know, before there were easy takeaways, and you you would drink it um, fresh and still carbonated.
1: Legend has it, Matt, that that's that's how the, the term growler came about, wasn't it? Because the lid would kind of rattle on top, wasn't it? I think you you were able to to go down
0: and get wort maybe from the from the brewery. Um, well, I don't know, but I do remember, and and I meant to say this when we we're speaking to John. Do Do you remember the great movie The Untouchables? Um, and there's oh, that love it. scene at the start. Just where, watched it last week. Yeah, where where the girl goes into the drugstore. You know, she's got her tin and. I I think it was being filled with beer, um, unless it was being filled with with soda, Um, and he puts the lid on and she starts skipping out when, mister, you've forgot your bag, and the the thing blows up. Frank nitty. But I I, I thought that's what they were doing. He was topping her up with beer, and I could be wrong, but yeah, certainly that that was the way of doing it. So in terms of getting beer, like a a small amount of beer from a a brewery home, um, and then drinking it. Um over dinner that night was it was a great thing but i I, I still really think you know we, we, we've talked on the podcast quite a bit about growlers, and you know i I threw out a dozen i when i moved house twelve months ago, I threw out a dozen growlers that I had accumulated you know because i But you only need one, Matt. Isn't that the whole purpose? Well, you only need
1: one, but. (laughs) Unless you forget the next time you're down at the the same brewery or when you go to a different
0: brewery. Look, a glass growler at the moment would be great because if I'm heading out to a brewery, it's specifically to get take home beer. But I very rarely go to a brewery to get take home beer because I'm normally going to the brewery to have a beer there. And then, you know, if I have two or three beers at the brewery, I don't want 1.8 litres of beer. It's going to spoil very very quickly because I've been at the brewery to have the beer. So growlers for me haven't been a very practical. they've just been a, a, you know, a very expensive way to to buy a, limited, a an already expensive limited edition beer. And you know I, I, I think for the convenience, um, I'm really liking the idea of after all of this is over, breweries having PET bottles you know 1.25 litre beer that if you've had something you really enjoy and you want to take it home and maybe enjoy it the next day because they are more conditioned to keep a beer pressurized um, and they are highly recyclable um, and I believe the energy involved in making PET is less than even the, you know certainly aluminium. And if we are talking about sustainability, crowlers are fantastic for a function. But as we know, aluminium, first use aluminium, which is what food grade packaging is from, is incredibly energy intensive. Um, And it's only when you get the recycle. Um, And in Australia, we don't have recycling of food grade containers. It goes into your security screens and those sorts of things. So every can of beer you make is first use aluminium. And any benefits of aluminium are going to be felt much further down.
1: Yeah, and I think um, uh, New Zealand was mentioned um, oh, by Tim in Tim's comment, wasn't mm. it? Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure. And I don't know if Tracy Banner listens to the podcast, but um, I'm pretty sure Sprig and Fern. Um, I know their entries to the Australian International Beer Awards are all in in those brown PET. Um, bottles. I don't know whether that's their standard thing or, or whether they just send those over but certainly the um, the beer doesn't seem to suffer because the first time we saw them we thought oh geez this is uh, a, a, an interesting way of, of sending them. It was great for the uh, the volunteers because they were able to uh, get the empty ones and then take home some some beer at the end of the
0: awards. Well, I've got a lot of friends who homebrew into them and you know, they, they condition the beer in there. The seals seem to be better than a like a yeah. a, a bad yeah. crown seal. And I'm
1: pretty sure Cooper's Because when I was briefly home brewing, I bought some, and Mm. I'm pretty sure I I bought Coopers brand brown PET bottles.
0: Well, I'm sure they would buy them from from someone else, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but again, John Hull had a completely different take on it, so uh, yeah, refer you to 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 that chat. But yeah, look, it's interesting to see the way brewers are responding because at the moment, a lot of it is just getting beer out of kegs because. Brewers are already starting to talk as we are talking about three and six month durations for all of this before um, potentially pubs open, that there is a lot of beer in kegs that in three and six months will have passed its, its use by date. In the US, the uh, Brewers Association has made a recommendation that they've released information on how to environmentally safely dump beer and one of the ways that they've suggested is sell it to a distiller. As, as as wash that they can then distill into a hand sanitizer which again without having dug into the extra layers of that sounds like a great way of doing it you go, you're only going to get sense sensor liter return on 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 the wash but you're getting something back and it's saving a potential dumping hazard um yeah like and environmental
1: I... ha- risk and and yeah like i say it's, it's giving you some sort of Sort of cash flow,
0: and I don't know what hops will do to hand wash or you know the the distilling process or anything like that. But might,
1: it might count as a preservative, Matt. Certainly,
0: it's uh, it, it, it's something. The only question
1: I did have about, um, and it might be worth speaking to Lee McAllister Smiley or or um, Ross Kenrick from Bacchus about how they've gone with the uh, the milk cartons because the thing that uh, I, I guess interests me is how do they label them? Is it the same kind? Like, do you have to use then a a milk style label, almost like an indented sort of uh, part that the that the label sits in on. It's di- it's just different like different size and that sort of thing. And milk
0: containers oh, are some of the yeah. yeah. Later so, ones so you might need round. to get a special label done if you're going to persist doing this.
1: Nicely done. You picked it up. Um, <laughs> you could probably call Reling's label stickers and packaging. And they'd like to let all breweries know that they are still open for business. They can still supply labels for bottles and cans. They don't specify whether they can supply uh, milk bottle labels. But I'm sure if you give them a call on 1300 852 235, you can discuss those options with them. Um, Just remember the turnaround times might have slowed a little bit from their normal five to seven working days, but they are very good at getting people out of trouble where possible. And I would love to see if – yeah, because it's just – you know, like your two-litre is like square-faced. It's, you know, a rectangular prism. It's not round. So presumably you've got to then hand label. You couldn't just sort of, you know –
0: and, and it's certainly better than just taking your uh, black sharpie and writing on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I know with, with growlers, it's usually like a, a, a twine with a little brown, you know, or a, a, a tag that's that's added that's tied onto the the handle. Um, whether or not that's that works with the – whether it ticks the boxes with the, you know, liquor commission, uh, would be interesting to see. Uh, now, Matt, our last story, good news story, I guess for some um cynical perhaps uh, viewpoint from others but cub is to help australia's pubs with its latest campaign for the love of your local so it's calling on australians to visit loveyourlocal.com.au then nominate their participating local buy a pint of great northern super crisp and the cash goes to the venue immediately so you buy a pint now they get the cash.
0: Or Carlton Draft if you're in Melbourne. And originally it was, uh, yeah. So then
1: CUB will then match that purchase with a free pint, meaning you get two for one pints when your local reopens. And CEO Peter Filipovic said, this campaign is a win-win for pubs and clubs and for beer lovers. For all beer lovers, Matt, you've got to look after your own. And so even the big guys are still going to hurt. So I totally get that. Uh, What do you think of it?
0: This is one of those ones that you park your personal feelings, uh, as we've said, all things being equal. My side, like I I love what craft beer for all of the sort of non-beer-related things that craft beer brings to the the community, and that's my view. But when you post a story like this um, and you see the comments on Facebook, and also, like I, I was getting phone calls. We were, I think, one of the first to run with the story, and so we were getting phone calls from hoteliers you know, in in, in Melbourne going, look, how do I register for this? Because sometimes when you're the first result, people assume that you are the owner of the content. Um, And yes, you know, a lot of people have been saying, oh, you know, this is shit, this is cynical and stuff like that. But there are a lot of hotels out there that think this is the best thing that's in sliced bread because they're not craft beer venues they probably never will be and they see this as you know one of their big suppliers getting behind them
1: yeah and they've still got casual staff or full-time staff that are twiddling their thumbs at the moment and and hoping for a government handout or hoping that uh, you know they'll be able to get back to work and and do what it is that they love in the same way um, as you know hospital staff from independent local hashtag craft venues
0: yeah, and and, and look, I, I had some thoughts when CUB came out with a VB specific campaign uh, after the fires, and you know I voiced those then, and and I'm a little bit the same because we got a media release saying you know in, Victorian pubs are going to be supported by Carlton Draft, and then the rest of Australia is we're going to be you know we, we're going to be supported by Great Northern, and you know that to me just makes the whole thing smack of an opportunistic. Branding campaign, rather than a you know, than a wholesome uh, altruistic thing. And Pete, I can't remember who it was, but one of one of our um, regular someone who's written advertising pieces for us before came up in my LinkedIn page, and they were talking about, or even maybe it was even on Twitter. There's there's actually a name for for this, you know, when uh, breweries give away water, and and it's advertising, but it's altruistic advertising, um, and and it's it's actually got a name, and you know you, you can never take away from the altruism of it, and people are going to benefit from it, but you know let let's not pretend that it's not, um, you know, hotels are going to benefit, um, but at the same time you've got a big multinational company that's backing this campaign. They're probably doing pretty well out of the you know huge bump in takeaways um and it's in their interest to support their local um you know, pubs naturally. and it and yeah you, you you can't completely get away from the fact that there is something a little bit cynical in making it a branded camp you know, that shows that it's advertising as opposed to just sort of saying, hey, guys, buy a um thing." Um, and we we will back it with one of our beers. You know, you buy any beer from them, pre-buy any beer from them, and we'll back it with one of our beers. It, it's pretty much locking in their sales um, and benefiting them equally. So, um, but we, 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 even through that lens, this has been very well received in you know the the ninety percent of the, the the beer market that doesn't necessarily um, get touched by craft beer. Yeah, and Matt,
1: in breaking news, I can report, uh, Daniel Ridd has just posted on, speaking of Twitter, um, we spoke to James Grujan from the Good Beer Co. with their A Good Beer Always Helps campaign, so the, the um, Donate a Four Pack to an Essential Services Worker, and Daniel Ridd has just posted that over 10,000 in donations for Essential Services Workers Awesome. So that's not bad. In two days, they've got uh, ten ten grands worth already, and I think they had something like twelve hundred essential service workers had registered. Uh, registered, yeah, signed up for. Uh, so, that, and that's a that's a great good news story to finish on.
0: So, yeah, so I think that was so at ten thousand dollars at twenty dollars sorry, So ten thousand dollars at twenty dollars and twenty dollars. Twenty dollars a four pack. So, that will be five hundred four packs, I think it was because I'd seen, so we're still short of the number for the number of registered um workers, so uh get amongst it, get around them, get it get amongst it and Pete sorry, just uh, I, I know you'd have said last uh, story, but there was one that i as I just sort of clicked on um to finish on another bit of good news. Um, yesterday um, we published our brewery radar which is a bi-monthly column Um, we do our regular you know new brewery openings which is presented by spark Um, you know so whenever a brewery opens we sort of do a little bit of a piece about that but then there are so many breweries that you know the 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 looking over the horizon and we, we hear of breweries and some of them you know published you know some of them open on schedule some of them you know sort of take 12 or 18 months longer so we've started a couple of um, months ago just keeping a radar of of all of the breweries in in planning. Yesterday, when Claire put it out there, um, there doesn't seem to have been a slowing down um, too drastically in a lot of these breweries. So the the, the brewery and planning activity seems to be going quite well, um, which is quite exciting to see. So there still seems to be quite a bit of um, confidence in the beer industry and the small brewing industry that... You know, once we get through this, um, you know, businesses are still going to be viable.
1: Yeah. Well, on that note, Matt, I think we uh, – I was almost going to say, you know, uh, I'm getting ready to do my outro gag and uh, can you play the uh, outro music? But I just realized it's a different podcast.
0: This is a different podcast. We've this, got an this editor week. who takes care of this And we should us. just say,
1: look, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank everyone who supported us uh, in listening to and then downloading the Antidote. So we've done 13 episodes so far. We're going to go to 15 uh, so 14 today, 15 tomorrow. And then as of next week, we're going to pair things back a little bit in preparation for uh, perhaps a bit of a long haul um, in order to keep the this- things sustainable to keep it fresh and relevant and to i guess tick all the boxes that we intended um, to do with the project we're going to do monday wednesday and friday and then tuesday you'll get your beer is a conversation thursday you get your bruise news week so we're going to uh, attempt to get the bruise news week episode the weekly episode up a little bit earlier so it's, it's actually available on the thursday afternoon thursday evening so that, that'll give you content throughout the week once one every day but without uh, the extra two antidotes,
0: and and, and Pete, I oh, will just sort of add to that a little bit if I can, because you know we, we we make a joke about the fact that we're sort of vaguely commercial in what we do, and you know we're, we're very commercial in that we've got staff that need to be paid. You and I pretty much do this <laughs> for for ourselves, but there are staff that need to be paid. And as the 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 site goes, so just a little bit of radical transparency um, for anyone who's interested. We have a, a mixed model. You've, you'll see advertising on on the website. You'll see uh, businesses in our commercial directory. You know we have breweries that have subscriptions, and in return for their subscriptions, you know we cover their beers in our new brews of the week. Um, they get free job listings. They get, um, you know, their their media releases covered through our media release stream. They don't get put into news um, if it's not news news. They but they do get access to that, and they pay a subscription to the site and we've put a hold on all subscription payments through this which is a big bite out of our income you know a lot of our advertising uh, revenue has fallen off because you know breweries uh you know a lot of expenditure has been put on hold but it it's people like Cryer who sponsor this podcast um you know uh it 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 it's the the, the guys like um Spark Brewing who sponsor the uh new breweries you know it it's been that sponsor the Brewery Radar that make what we do possible and, you know, give us, you know, it's going to hurt getting through this, but they're the people that make our site viable at the best of times and certainly, uh, you know, give us the the ability to struggle on through all of this. So if you are in the brewing industry and you want to, you know, support us, um, you can support us by supporting the people who, sponsor the, the the website or who advertise on the website, and if you're a consumer we've also got a page that I'll link to in the notes Pete you know we we didn't want to do a big you know crafty has got the keeping local live campaign, which is awesome you don't need the two main industry sites competing Doubling in, up. In, in that space we're fully behind the keeping local live um, but we've also put up a, a page this week just listing the breweries that subscribe to our um, website, which again makes what we do possible. We've just got a list of just those breweries um, and, and what they're doing, whether they're doing drive-throughs, whether they're doing $70 home delivered, free home delivery on a $70 purchase, whether they're doing, you know, they've subscribed to Bopple, as SiteBox in Brisbane has um, and they'll now deliver beer and food to your door, all of that sort of stuff. So that's just one little way that we can thank the businesses that support us. And if you want to support us, you can do that by making sure that they get through to the other side as well because they're the people who support us in the, in the better times so yeah it was just a little again a shout out to everyone who supports us in the, the various ways that make what we do possible and you know buy it whether it's buying us microphones or paying for the hosting or just paying for Claire and Sam to 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 be in the office and keep it keep it running and uh, that's just one little way you can support us. Because I'd like to be here on the other side too. You know, there's been so much focus about the breweries. But, uh, you know, Pete, I'd like to us to be still doing this uh, on a semi-professional basis um, on the other side as well.
1: Ah, let's face it, we'll still be there. We've got nothing better to do.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, look, and on that note, uh, relative to it, thank you very much to our supporters to Cryomalt, to Rellings Label, stickers and packaging, and to Beer Cartel, don't forget you can subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcasting app. It costs nothing, um, let's face it, you've got a bit of time on your hands, and it will help other beer lovers discover the podcast, which in turn, as Matt just said, helps us to help them, which in turn helps you, because we keep this thing going, and we keep it active, and we keep it vibrant, which is, uh, at the end of the day, something that we can all reach for.
0: Thank you, mate. Uh, Thank you for everything that you do, because I know what you get paid. And it's certainly,
1: uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's just say that, you know, the uh, the reduction in my payments has not necessarily been noticed.
0: <laughs> well, there, there hasn't been, but, you know, yeah. It, it, if there was some way I could get you on JobKeeper, <laughs> that, that would...
1: Yeah. Nah, that's right. But, uh, yeah. Um, thanks very much. And thanks again, Matt. Uh, we we must keep doing this <laughs> and we will thank you uh, as I do reserve um, each week my greatest thanks to you for listening for making it all possible we hope that we're uh, we're bringing you something that's relevant we hope that we're being able to bring the community together and create you know with the antidote as we say it's a bit of a virtual beer garden um, where everyone can kind of hang out for uh, for half an hour or so of an afternoon and, um, and and we're doing some good so for that we thank you all And on that note, let's get that other play-out music playing. And we're out. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others